Hi, I'm Beth Fuller, and you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast. I know the world can feel intimidating or scary at times, but I'm here to tell you it doesn't have to be. Through the lens of food, we can learn so much about one another, celebrate our differences, and maybe eat some tasty food along the way. Are you ready to do this? I know I am. So let's go on a food adventure together right now. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast. I'm your host, Beth Fuller. This is episode 27. We're more than halfway there. So by now, you know this drill. But I'm going to say it one more time just in case you're new to the podcast. If you are, welcome. I've taken all the notes for you. Go to my website, elizabethrfuller.com. Check out all of my beautiful food and product photography while you're there. And if you need someone to elevate your brand and increase your revenue, hit me up. You have questions for the podcast, need culinary sleuthing, just want to say hi, have ideas for the podcast, show ideas, guest ideas, shoot me an email. Let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. And as always, tag me in all of your food adventures at Let's Go Out a Food Adventure on Instagram. All right, you guys, let's do this. Let's go on a food adventure. So as I sit here and record this, full disclosure, I usually record the episodes fairly uh, far out. At least some of them a month out, some of them further than that. Some of them, not so much. Like today's, not so much. Today's I'm recording the week of, which is pretty unusual for me to do. It was just... (laughs) one of those weeks and as I'm sitting here in what I call my cozy creative room I don't call it an office that seems too um, sterile I like to call it my cozy creative room man oh man is it cozy because it's I don't know at least 90 something out super super humid day here in New England and beyond sweltering and our very gorgeous very adorable, very quirky 100-year-old house uh, does not have air conditioning. <laughs> we have window units, but the room I'm in does not have AC, so I'm melting like a popsicle right now. But that's all right. Maybe I'll have a popsicle after this because it's very topical of what we're going to talk about today. Today, it's just me. All me, all the time. We're going to have fun. I'm going to answer some of your listener questions that are very themed for summer barbecue because we're stepping into July people. Fourth of July is this weekend. It's going to be hot here in New England. I think it's going to be hot everywhere in the world. Could be wrong with that. Maybe it's snowing in Antarctica. I'm not one for winter, even though I live here. I embrace it when I have to. But right now I would love to just walk into one of those big walk-in freezers and just stand there for a minute. My old boss, Robert, if he's listening, hey buddy, used to always say his dream job was to work at like a BJ's or a Costco in the meat department just so he could stand in the big walk-in refrigerator rooms all day long because he gets very overheated very quickly, that poor man. He's a very tall gentleman, very fabulous, but that was always his dream job. And today, I agree with him. Today, I would love to be not necessarily around meat, but um, definitely in some sort of walk-in refrigerator action. I might go sit in front of a fan in a minute and eat a popsicle. So with that said, I think I kind of would just start diving into these super fun listener questions. Are you ready? Let's do it together. So Leah from Instagram writes, 
I just got my first CSA share and we accidentally got, air quotes, a full share for me and my husband instead of a half. So I have a ton, and I mean a ton of lettuce, kohlrabi, and other vegetables that I need to get through this week. What can I make? I absolutely love this question. I love this question for so many reasons. One, because I too have accidentally picked the full share instead of the half share before, um, made that mistake once, one year and one year only. And it was like no takesies, backsies with the farm. I completely understood. I took someone else's share who would have bought it when I realized, you know, as I'm picking it up, that this is enough vegetables um, literally to feed an entire city block is what it felt like. And in the beginning, it's always stuff that goes so quickly. Like you're not canning lettuce. You could probably can and pickle kohlrabi and I bet it would be super delicious. Um, but yeah, so I completely feel your pain. So my first suggestion, honestly, would be to give some of it away if you can. Be like a really... I'm always looking to see what I can do, be a good deed doer of some kind. So maybe if you are making, say, a huge salad for dinner, why don't you try to double it and then drop a fully composed salad off to one of your neighbors that you're good friends with or maybe a friend who's having a rough time and could use just a little extra help in the sense of like maybe not deciding to make a dinner one night or something like that. But you know, with kohlrabi, it's actually a pretty versatile vegetable. Now that veggie noodles, you know, have, they had their, their star, their peak, their moment. Um, I still think they're pretty popular. You could make kohlrabi veggie noodles with like maybe even a cucumber to veggie noodle that up. And you could easily do a noodle bowl. They roast really well. So you could put a ton of fun herbs, whatever you have, roast them as a side dish. You can make slaws with them. Uh, they're kind of cabbage, apple, you know, jicama adjacent, sort of. So think whatever you would like something cold and crisp and crunchy in, which a lot of times is a slaw or maybe like some kind of fun bistro salad. Oh, you know what else I just thought of? You could make uh, one of those like veggie fritters with all the other leftover veggies you might have in your fridge with the kohlrabi and, you know, bind that together and then pan fry them and, I don't know, put a runny egg or something on top. You can also grill it. I mean, kohlrabi is one of those super versatile vegetables. Once you get over the way it looks and you're like, what is this weird alien-like looking thing and what do I do with it? It's actually a really crisp and refreshing summertime treat, dare I say. I know you're thinking treat, but really. And then a ton of lettuce. Okay, so beyond a fun salad, and you know, your girl loves a big fun salad like Elaine from Seinfeld, put it in a nice size bowl, toss it together with a bunch of stuff. Oh, God, I love, in my fun salads, I will crumple, crunkle, crunch, crunch up some tortilla chips potato chips rather than doing croutons or even like pretzel chips, dare I say. We have a pretty decent stack cabinet collection. If you can't tell, Todd and I, my husband, if you're new to the podcast, Todd is my husband. Um, he's not just my platonic roommate. He also happens to be my husband. So uh, yeah, 
I also, full disclosure, will if Todd is not home from work yet and he's going to eat later than me, I will eat that salad out of the mixing bowl. I don't care. No shame in my game. You're my people. I'm going to confess that to you. The other thing that you could do with lettuce beyond a salad, and you can also, if it's those like super fun, beautiful gem lettuces that are still intact, or say it's had a romaine, cut that in half, put a little olive oil on it, grill it super quick on a wicked hot grill. Oh, so fun. So much fun. Um, salivating. Lettuce cups. I made incredible barbecued Korean beef short ribs the other day. Lettuce bottom, little bit of white rice, short rib, and then I julienne some Asian pear, and then a little extra gochujang on top. Man, oh man, was that good. That was a good dinner. But I'll link some recipes in the show notes. My point, embrace it. I know it's a ton. I know I've been there. I understand. I would try to give some of it away if you can on the weeks that you feel overwhelmed. I would try, if you're not comfortable with pickling things, maybe see if a friend is and they could come over and you could have like a pickling party and can and pickle some fun veggies. Again, more things like kohlrabi, cucumbers, carrots, green beans, things like that pickle really well, Uh, radishes. Lettuce, not so much. And the lettuce, embrace it. It's so short-lived. You're only going to get lettuce for a couple more weeks, depending where in the country you are. Um, But great questions, and I'll put some great recipes in the show notes for you. And send me some pictures of what you're making, because I, too, need some culinary inspiration from time to time. All right. Renee from New York writes, Beyond Italian food, where else can I use basil? I started growing some, and now I have too much. I need some recipes that I can put basil in. I love that. I love that for so many reasons, because I too have the best intentions when it comes to making my garden, as you all know from previous episodes, such as, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, No, there is one though that I did with uh, this great seed company called Baker Creek. I think it was episode 19, maybe. I'll have to go back and look and fact check myself, but I can link it in the show notes. And I have four raised beds this year, plus containers all over, plus there's stuff in the backyard. I plant so many things with the best intentions in the spring. And then after in the summer, when things start really taking off, it's just like, it goes from zero to a thousand in a blink of an eye, it feels like. And then you have so much and you're like, I don't know what to do with all of this. And now I feel like it's just dying on me. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So with basil, I think there's so many different ways you can use it. Hear me out with this. You can make a basil oil and then that'll store in your fridge for a decent amount of time. That's kind of like pesto sort of, but without the pine nuts and without the cheese. And it's just easy to drizzle on things. Um, So there's that you can make, and you can probably freeze that pretty easily in a you know, Ziploc bag or an ice cube tray or a small container if you don't feel like you want it in your fridge or you're not going to use it within a week. You, I put basil in desserts. Think strawberry basil, watermelon basil. I also put it in cocktails. You can muddle it like mint in cocktails that you would like to add a little maybe zip or spice or savoriness to. 
obviously salads. We just talked about fun salads. I love chopped Asian inspired, like Vietnamese, Thai inspired salads. And so you're going to put a ton of mint, basil, Thai basil, regular basil. doesn't really matter at this point if you're chopping it all up, what kind. Um, pars or cilantro, even parsley if you want to do. Toss it all together, grill a protein, throw in some fresh mango or toast some cashews and, and some greens. And it's just so refreshing. And you could also make maybe some adult popsicles. So say we're back to the desserty idea where you're going to take like some strawberries, maybe a little bit of basil. And I'd puree the strawberries. I would chop up the basil maybe, maybe, maybe even puree it with the strawberries if that's your jam too. And make some adult popsicles. You could even put a little bit of booze in it. Just saying. And then freeze that. Because I've had recently, Todd and I, was last summer, tried those adult um, freeze pops. I think they're from, I forget the name of the company, something water. I forget the name of it. Doesn't matter. And uh, they were very refreshing, dare I say, on a hot day. So you could try to make some of your own. And strawberry basil sounds kind of good with a little bit of vodka or some rum or maybe even a splash of wine. Throw it in your sangria. But either way, I'll link some recipes in the show notes for you and basil. And they're going to be delicious. And now I'll be honest, I think I'm kind of craving something with basil in it. Thank you for that. All right, Tara from Facebook writes, what are some of your favorite summer veggie side dishes right now? Well, right now, Tara, I'm trying to not cook inside the house because it's so hot. No, I'm kidding. No, honestly, I'm actually, full disclosure, I'm totally not making anything summery tonight for dinner. I'm not, I'm really not. We're doing, I needed to switch it up. I was getting so sick of grilling things. I get fatigued. My palate gets fatigued really easily. And like I go full force when it comes to embracing seasonality of things. So I've been eating so many salads, so many grilled things, trying not to use the oven in the house because it's so, so hot. And when I was looking for recipes um, this week, because my process is, if you guys didn't listen to this in other episodes, is I like to curate dinner ideas and then make my grocery list based off of that for the week, as well as if, you know, dovetailing off of food photography projects and client work and work for the podcast and things like that. But this week was a little more of, and we're going away this weekend, so it was kind of like, oh, I got to throw some things together. And one of the things I saw on a food blog, I think it was Pinch of Yum, she had this amazing looking like double stuffed, twice baked barbecue chicken potato. And I was like, holy, yes, please. So not, I mean, it's summery in the sense of like barbecue chicken flavors, but like not total like grilled, you know, like summer vibes, but summer vibes enough. So that's one thing that I'm making right now is in like tonight for dinner this week. That's something we're having. Um, I love me some grilled asparagus. 
I made the other day, I found this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful purple asparagus. It was super thick. They were just the most gorgeous colors. I can honestly say I've never had asparagus that was so delicious and sweet in my life. And we grilled it alongside with some grilled lobsters. I know we're in New England. Lobsters literally fall from trees here. And um, so it's not that expensive. I mean, it is. Don't get me wrong. It's, it is it is, but it's not as expensive as if I was in the Midwest getting a lobster. They literally, they, they're like hanging on the trees here. They're like, here, just, just come and pick me like an apple. So I'm kidding. They, they don't live in trees in case you're one. You guys should all know this by now. I digress. But the grilled asparagus, I actually made kind of like a faux pesto with basil and it was really just basil smashed up walnuts because I didn't have pine nuts, some pecorino romano and tons of lemon zest, some fresh lemon juice and some crushed red pepper. And I just pureed it all and made this beautiful paste with it. And after I pulled the grilled asparagus off, I just, like just drizzled that on top with some French sea salt. Oh my God, it was so good. It was so good. The other thing I am still so freaking obsessed with, and I, I know this, again, isn't super summery, but it is one of the most delicious ways I have had potatoes in a long time, and it's from Laura Lee's cookbook, Coconut and Sambal. The garlic ginger potatoes in that cookbook are, God, they're life-changing, and I can't thank Samin Noserat enough for turning me on to this recipe in particular and this cookbook. It is such a good cookbook. I am now obsessed with Indonesian food. I am going there and I'm eating everything. These potatoes, I've made them three times. And each time I think, oh God, I don't even want to make these again because I'm worried that it won't be as good as the first time. And then I'm going to be over, you know, air quotes over the potatoes. Mm -mm, no, just as good as the first time. <laughs> first time. They're so, so, so good. I will link the cookbook in the show notes. I highly recommend picking it up. What else am I into for veggie side dishes right now? I'm still, I, I've been into this for a few years now and there's always a jar going in our fridge, but the Haitian pickles are so effing good. And it's literally just like a cabbagey, pickly condiment that is just stuffed with habanero peppers. And it's super spicy. It goes great on everything. It's like, it goes good on sandwiches, like slaws, salads, grain bowls, rice bowls, whatever bowls. Oh my God. It's so, yeah, those are really good. I'll put a recipe for that. And if I think of anything else, I'll add it to the show notes. Um, but those those are top of mind, like what I've made in the last few days. Oh, God, those potatoes are so good. <laughs> this is such a good question. And I did pair these two up on purpose. Marcus in Arizona writes, can you grill a lobster? If so, can you walk me through how to do it? <laughs> I just did this. Like literally... A week or so ago, we just did this. Yeah, you can grill a lobster. I'm going to say straight out there, and we're talking here about New England style lobsters because there's the Caribbean ones that don't have um, as big of claws or, and then you've got big langoustines, which uh, don't have claws at all. But the New England lobsters, two big claws, the tail, they turn red, uh, 
normally you find them boiled with drawn butter on the side or in lobster roll form. Grilling them here in New England, we don't do that often. When I lived in San Diego and I went down to the Baja a ton, you'd get grilled lobster down there. It's different. And that's served with tortillas. I remember my first experience with that. And I was like, what? And they're serving it with tortillas? Like, I'm from New England. Where's the corn on the cob and the potatoes, you know? But anyway, it was super good. And I have eaten it many times that way. And thank you, you know, my friends in the Baja for showing me how to do that. So with the grilled lobster, it's a totally different texture than a boiled lobster. It almost tastes like we were trying to, Todd and I were talking about it the other day when we did it. And he's like, wow, this tastes like not swordfish, but it has more, it's just a completely different texture and almost a different flavor. I mean, we zhuzhed it up with some herby, garlicky, roasted garlic um, melted butter too. So that gave a lot of flavor to it, but the texture of it's so different. So when you grill the lobster, you obviously need to split it in half. You can either parboil it if you're not comfortable with um, stabbing it with a knife in its head uh, while it's alive. You can definitely parboil it for a couple of minutes to... Um, uh, kill it that way and then <laughs> take it out cut it literally with a sharp knife all the way down straight through to the the tail and then you got two halves if that if you if you don't mind taking a knife to its noggin then uh, you can do it that way and skip the boiling step whatever makes you feel most comfortable now when you grill it you definitely want to make sure it gets done all the way. And you can tell when it's done because the color of the shell is going to change. And you can almost see it give a little bit away from the shell um, where the meat is. Because you're grilling it, you want to start with it cut side down and do that for a few minutes. And then you're going to flip it over and finish it with the cut side facing up. And so that's when you're going to see the shell change color. The meat is going to give away a tiny bit from the shell. So then you know it's done. Um, and finish it with some roasted garlic butter. I will link a recipe from Savor that we used on the show notes. Definitely possible personally. Maybe it's just because the way I grew up, maybe, I don't know. I'm a little bit of a purist with it, but I really like a boiled lobster and I actually don't even use butter. I just get a ton of fresh lemons and I squeeze a little bit of lemon juice kind of on every bite. And it's really delicious. And plus, it's part of the fun, tearing it apart, being barbaric. I'm really sorry to all my vegan friends out there and listening. Sorry. Okay, moving on. All right. Brie from Instagram writes, My family are picky vegetarians. And I am so bored with what we are making for dinner. I love your suggestions. Thank you. And have you had any new vegetarian dinners lately that you would recommend? Yeah, I have. So I just posted a picture of it uh, this past week. There's this cookbook. Well, there's a food blog called Love and Lemons. I reference it a lot. There's a cookbook. She's got two. The Everyday, I think it's her second one. They're both great cookbooks. Don't get me wrong. The Everyday one, I... I use as it says in the in the title of the cookbook. I use it very often. 
it is vegetarian. Some of them are vegan. A lot of them are vegetarian and gluten-free. It is a solid cookbook. And the salads, I made every salad in there multiple times. And the one that I just recently posted about was their heirloom fatouche salad. And it's not like a standard fatouche salad that you would see in like a Lebanese restaurant or a Lebanese cookbook. It's different, but it's unique and it's really delicious. And heirloom tomatoes are coming into season shortly around here. Uh, and it is something I would definitely make. And I might even make it again this week. The other one that I love from, I mean, I love a lot of their recipes, but she's got this beautiful cold soba noodle, noodle salad that's really, really, really good. Um, a lot of her, I would say every recipe that I've ever made from her food blog and her cookbooks, all winners, total winners. So I highly recommend that. Um, the other one that I had recently that was super good, was a tortilla espanola god it was good it was so good and it was surprisingly easy to make if you've ever been to a tapas restaurant or if you're a fan of tapas or if you have been to spain love spain you see this everywhere and it looks so simple because it's like a frittata sort of with potatoes and onions and eggs. I mean, that's it, that, there's nothing else to it. But the key with it is that you get good olive oil and you cook those potatoes, thinly thinly sliced potatoes, like Yukon Gold style, and a sweet onion that's thinly sliced in this oil for easily a half an hour, if not longer. And it just starts to, I don't know, there's some magic fairy unicorn tear dust thing that happens that it becomes so sweet and so savory and just it hits every note on your tongue. Oh my God, is it so good. Again, I'm making myself so hungry, I'm salivating. So that with like a gorgeous green easy salad, oh, the key with the tortilla is you commit to the flip. I'm telling you now. When you're making it, so you saute the the onions, and I mean like you put in a ton of oil. These things are basically submerged. You're not frying, but you're like half frying, half sauteing, carefully moving this stuff around because it is a ton of oil. I mean a ton of oil, cups of oil. And then once the potatoes are super soft and gorgeous and the onions are super soft, you pull everything out, you let it cool, and you take the oil out of the pan, a lot of it. You leave some in. And then you put the eggs, the scrambled eggs that you've like um, mixed, right, and fluffed. They're not cooked yet. So raw eggs that you fluff in a bowl with a whisk. Once the potatoes and onions are cooled, you mix that and you let it sit on your counter for like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Then you get the pan nice and hot, put everything in the pan, and it's going to fry. It's going to do its thing, and you're going to be nervous. You're going to need confidence. I believe in you. And together, we're going to commit to the flip. Say it with me, people. Commit to the flip. And then you're going to get a pan or a plate or whatever is big enough to fit around the, the top of the pan that you're working with. You're going to flip it out. Maybe it's a cutting board, whatever. And then you're going to slide it back into the pan. The uncooked side now is down. So you get it crispy on both sides. 
made a super duper easy harissa aioli to dollop on top. Make a gorgeous crispy green salad to go on the side. You're in Spain, people. And dare I say, have a beautiful glass of wine to go with it or not. Oh, it is so good. It's so, so simple, but it is so good. But you have to commit to the flip. I'll include some recipes on the show notes. Okay. Raquel in California writes, do you have any good summer dessert ideas? I need something to take with me this weekend to my friend's house. Oh man, Raquel, do I have one for you? I've now made this three times. We have eaten so many of these. I feel, I don't want to say sick to my stomach. I'm not over them. I'm not over them. Oh, so it's summer strawberry season here in New England and it's almost done. I embraced it so hard. I made a beautiful strawberry rhubarb crostatas galette, whatever you want to call it. Freeform pie. Oh my God, it was outstanding. It was a David Leibowitz recipe, I believe, which I will link in the show notes. But I was re-watching Nadia Bakes. If you don't know who Nadia is, she, Nadia Hussein is an incredible joy and light and just love in this world. She's a gift. She is a total gift of a human. She was a contestant on the British Baking Show, and she then went on to star in two Netflix specials. Um, and Nadia Bakes, I believe, is the second one that came out this year. I think it was earlier in January or this past winter. Oh, my God. She's amazing. She's amazing. Her recipes are super fun. She loves to not necessarily, I wouldn't call it a shortcut, but she loves to make things approachable. She has these stuffed strawberry cupcakes that are delicious. And when I say delicious, I made three dozen of them. And we ate a full dozen, me and Todd, within three days. Do the math on that. I've eaten a ton of cupcakes. And I won't stop. Can't stop. These cupcakes have a vanilla Oreo on the bottom, a full strawberry in the middle, the cupcake batter is a vanilla bean clotted cream cupcake batter, and the frosting is a straight up buttercream frosting, wait for it, with strawberry freaking melted ice cream in the frosting. Oh my God. It is so good. It really is so good. And I've talked these up to so many people. When I tell you it's probably one of the best cupcakes I've ever had, I fully mean that. I would not have made them this many times if they weren't. I will absolutely link a recipe in the show notes for you. I really hope you make these, Raquel. If you do, tag me, tag Nadia in them. Oh my God, are they good. And like totally time for summertime party. I would not keep them outside in the warm heat though. That buttercream will melt very quickly, but it is so good. All right. Max from Instagram writes, I need some cocktail inspiration. What is your favorite summer cocktail right now? I actually have a couple and I have some that we can probably make as a mocktail too. Because, ooh girl, my hangovers at 40, my hangovers at 40 are not my hangovers at 20 or not my hangovers at 30 or even 35. They are brutal. 
hell. If I have one too many drinks one night, I will not drink for easily a week after that. No exaggeration. I just can't. I just can't. And I hate feeling hungover. I hate that feeling of waking up feeling like garbage the next day. It's just not. I have too much to do. I have too much I want to do. And I'm a morning person. So when I don't feel great in the morning, ugh. It's like eating a bad meal for me. When I eat a bad meal, like we made a dinner the other night that was, and this is totally off topic, but it will tie in. That like was one, uh, it was in my mind, it was such a fail. It was a fail on so many levels and there was so much good potential for this, but it just didn't work out that way. And like, then my night was ruined. I was so bummed. I was moping around the house. I wasn't satisfied, so I kept snacking. Todd was like, you, we need, it wasn't that bad. I'm like, but it was, but it was. And my bestie, Marissa, I called her and she was like, I totally get it. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for understanding because it's, it's so sad. So that's how I feel when I wake up hungover. It's like, oh, my day. I had so many things I like was excited to do today. And now I just want to curl up in a ball and lay on the floor Oh, sorry. With Oliver, who's now eating a slipper. Hold on. And we're back. So we'll just leave that in. It's like a little commercial break. The com- the, the slipper was not harmed. We got it in time. So don't worry about that. All right. Back to cocktails. So I do still drink. I do partake in, in some cocktails. I love tequila. She has not done me wrong. Gin and tonic, on the other hand, tonic has done me wrong. I won't even blame the gin. I'm blaming tonic. The year was 2000. (laughs) The place was Arizona. There may or may not have been some kitty litter. And my best friend Kyle. And I uh, will not elaborate any further than that on air. If you want to hear the story, hit me up. I'll tell you. It's funny. It's very funny. But um, just in case somebody's listening who might hire me someday... I'm not going to tell the story on air. Anyway, anyway, but I do like gin still. I I enjoy gin. And when we were in Scotland, I was shocked that Scotland has like some of the most amazing gin on the planet. Who knew? I thought the scotch like scotch, but they do. They do. But they also make really good gin. So anyway, I digress. Tequila. Tequila and I still have a very... uh, ongoing love affair that has not been tainted or tarnished by um, my poor judgment or my excitement to want to party more. And so I love tequila with many different kinds of fun salts. Who doesn't like a fun salts? I I mix it with coconut seltzer, grapefruit seltzer, because then it's kind of like a Paloma sort of. And you can even put like a splash of coconut milk in with like the whole fat in a can coconut milk. And I mean like a tablespoon in with the coconut seltzer and the tequila, shake it up. Maybe instead of coconut salts in that, you could add the spindrift pineapple. Ooh, girl. Um, I love anything that's light and refreshing. I don't like super sweet drinks. I don't like heavy drinks. I also love me some, I think it's, I said it a couple of weeks ago, but it's like Tinto Vino. I could be pronouncing this wrong, but it's a Spanish. You take red wine, whatever red wine you you love, and you chill it. So it's going to be red wine over ice with a little bit of seltzer water and then some citrus, orange, lemon, lime, cut a piece of each up. So it's almost like a faux sangria sort of, but it's not sweet at all. It's super refreshing. 
And it's kind of low in alcohol. So you can drink a couple of those during the afternoon and not feel like garbage because it's on ice too. So I think those are delicious. Love me some sangria in the summer. I also like sangria that like isn't, when I make mine, sometimes I'll steep tea and I'll mix steeped tea in with this sangria. So then it has a ton of flavor, but then it doesn't have all the sugar from the extra fruit juices and brandy. I mean, I still do add a little bit of that because I think to balance it all out, it needs it. But I don't add nearly as much as you would get if you were at a restaurant. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I just don't gravitate towards super sweet drinks. I love dessert. I love dark chocolate. But I just don't like my alcohol to be um, super sweet. So there's those. And I will link a couple more in the show notes. And I also like mocktails. I mean, anything I just mentioned, I love steeping different teas and mixing those with fun seltzer waters. I love adding bitters. I think different types of bitters, you can make so many cool mocktails, shrubs, love fresh herbs in cocktails, muddling mint, basil, even if you love rosemary, thyme, lemon balm. If you can find um, pea flowers, there are these really beautiful blue flowers. And when you steep them in water, they turn the water obviously a blue color. And then when you add any type of acid to it, it changes it to a totally different color. So that's kind of fun to play around with as well. And and there's also some alcohol out there or non-alcoholic spirits. I, I don't know the category, but it's like booze without alcohol. And some of the brands I think are Seed, seed Lip. Um, I think there's one called a Mass, a Mass, um, and a handful of others that are interesting flavors and it, it's makes it a little more fun to drink than just like seltzer water with some fruit juice and you feel like you're drinking a cocktail but you know somebody who's super visual I mean my whole career is based on photography and visual arts and that that you eat and drink with your eyes first so if you take a little extra time maybe use some cool ice cubes dress it up with a flower muddle something in it I don't know put put some herbs on top take your time with it it's gonna taste even better and savor it you know I, I think think I think you can have a lot of fun with this and uh, don't be intimidated take a ton of pictures tag me and everything on Instagram awesome question all right our next question comes from Lewis in Maryland and he writes we grill almost every night and I am so over grilled barbecue chicken. I know there's steaks, burgers, hot dogs, and other things out there I can grill, but what would be something else that's a tiny bit fancier? Oh, Louis, I feel your pain. I get in cooking ruts too, even though you guys might be like, what? You have a whole podcast about food. I know, but, and I do this for a living with the photography, but I too get fatigued with food decisions all day long. And Sometimes I reach for whatever is comforting and, and easy, you know, and so I completely understand. I think what we need to first talk about beyond the protein of what we're grilling is the flavors you can use on the proteins of what you're grilling, whether it be, you know, an awesome, I guess, you know, I'm obsessed with the cookbook, Coconut and Sambal, Laura Lee's cookbook. It's so, so, so good. But like she's got a ton of different symbols that you can make, which is basically just peppers and paste and aromatics that get blended in a food processor. 
And you could easily marinate something with that or make a cool sauce to put on top of something with coconut milk and some lemongrass and ginger and maybe some caramelized garlic and then this cymbal paste. And you could have that simmering on the stove, grill whatever protein you're going to cook and then finish it with that. Um, I love, we love tacos. So, you know, jerk, Caribbean, true achote, more Mexican style. Anything can be grilled with a, and then put in a tortilla, in my opinion, whether it be octopus, swordfish, shellfish. I know you didn't mention fish <laughs> in your list of proteins, so you might not be into, into fish, but I love fish. So, those would be my suggestions with that. But then also think like I love a quick and easy go to pre-bottled sauce. Even like there's this company in York, Maine called Stonewall Kitchen. I'm pretty sure you can get it kind of everywhere in grocery stores. Maybe not. If not, I'm sure you can get it online. And they have so many different fun sauces. Like they have this mango curry sauce that's too die for delicious if you like any of those flavors. And that would be a super easy thing to grill, put on pork and grill that and like finish it. So when I do that, like I might marinate something, the protein lightly in a marinade, then grill it. And then right before it's coming off the grill, brush a little more sauce and it might even be a different sauce on it and then get that nice and like sticky in a way, you know, like cooked into it just slightly and sticky. Oh, so good. That mango one's so good. Mango curry, Stonewall Kitchen. I'll include it in the show notes. But I think to jazz something up, especially if you're cooking for a lot of people, like a family, and people, I understand like the chicken dilemma, but chicken, fish, pork, all of those things don't have a ton of flavor, well, don't have really any flavor. So it's really the marinades and the sauces that you're putting on top, and also what you're doing afterwards. Like a lot of times I will pick a really fun vegetarian salad or side that normally would have been probably a main for vegans or vegetarians and then I might cook a protein on the side and do a little bit of the protein just to add something for us because we do eat um, meat and seafood and I think that helps a lot so the like I said in the top of this one of my favorite cookbooks right now beyond coconut and cymbal by Laura Lee please pick that up is the Love and Lemons Everyday Cookbook they have she has so so many great recipes that you could easily add a grilled protein to um and the other one if you get sick of burgers you can always do I I like a burger salad. I know it sounds kind of silly, but Skinny Taste has a really good salad that has all the components of a burger and it's just chopped up into a salad, which I think is kind of yummy. But I also understand like if a meat, like a beef burger is not your jam, you could make a salmon burger, you could make a shrimp burger, you could do like a fun, spicy harissa chicken burger with maybe like an avocado crema on top or something like that. That sounds kind of delicious. Now, now that I'm talking it through, maybe that's what I'll have for dinner tonight. But so my point is that think of the flavors you like and then think a little outside the box. But I'm going to link some recipes in the show notes for you because this is 4th of July weekend and there's going to be a lot of grilling going on. And so I really hope this helps. All right, you guys, it's a wrap on the podcast this week. It's like a bite-sized appetizer snack size episode. 
Thank you so much for all of your thoughtful questions. Taking the time to listen, write, and respond means the absolute world to me. Again, go to my website for the show notes and all of my food photography. You should hire me or somebody you know should hire me. ElizabethRFuller.com. If you have questions for the podcast, need some culinary sleuthing, uh, hit me up. Let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. And as always, tag me in all of your food adventures on Instagram at Let's Go on a Food Adventure. Fourth of July weekend, you guys, be safe. Cook some yummy food together. Try to cool down from this heat, and I'll see you next week. Bye!